during my sickness, I had many affairs during all that because I was lost. And when all that had to get aligned and we went through our healing with all that, there is, there is nothing in our life that we cannot talk about. And it created a level of transparency that you can pretty much put a projector to each of our brains. And there wouldn't be anything on there that we have to hide from each other, and let alone the world. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's nothing that we hide from each other. There's, there's nothing that we hide. I mean, we, we've gone through healing, deep levels of detoxification. So there's nothing to hide about the physical body. There's nothing <laughs> to hide about our soul. The purpose is coming through in our life. And it wasn't easy. And it wasn't hard, but it was a choice. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. All right, hello my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And this is the second and final part in a two-part episode with Mr. Michael Vasquez. This was an absolutely wonderful interview. And what's really cool is not only did he have a bunch of great things to say, but I found that the interview very naturally and organically transitioned into what is now going to be this second part. I do recommend... And I mean, really, I do suggest listening to the first part before you listen to this. So maybe you haven't listened in a couple of weeks or a couple of episodes and you happen to click on this. Go back to part one. It was the episode that was most recently linked or released, I should say, prior to this. I will put that episode link in the show notes as well. You can check it out there. But what we're going to be transitioning to now in this second part is what happened to Michael when he started When he started to be open about the many things that he was doing that were not so great in his relationship with his now wife, Nikki. And why I think this is particularly important, not only because of the incredible health transformation this led to him having, and I know that sounds maybe a little disconnected, but trust me, when you listen to it, it'll make sense. But it's not only important because of that. It's important because it challenges what I think a lot of people would believe to be possible. Michael went through multiple affairs, committed multiple affairs. I don't know what the appropriate word is there. And yet him and his wife still found healing through all of this. And now, since I kind of know these guys in person, I mean, I shouldn't say kind of, I'm just, I'm not best friends with them, but I know them. They're local by coincidence. They have one of the best relationships I've ever seen. Now, I'm not recommending you go out and have an affair and then (laughs) be open and honest about that and try to fix it based on that. I mean, you should tell the person, obviously. I I wouldn't necessarily suggest doing that. But my point is, I think we all have a lot to learn when we hear people like this and what they went through and their imperfections as humans and how they were still able to come together to create something pretty amazing. The first 35, 40 seconds of this episode, just so it doesn't confuse you, is going to be the last 35, 40 seconds of 
the part, uh, excuse me, the end of part one, just to kind of remind you what we were talking about then, assuming you already listened to the first part. But outside of that, it is another, I don't know, almost 40 minutes of completely new content with him to finish up with this part two. And we're focusing primarily on how the relationships in our lives can lead to wonderful health if we're taking care of them and not so great health if we're not taking care of them. Similarly, how the relationship with ourself is kind of the most important thing. He had talked about the healing that him and his wife Nikki did on themselves. That was the important part. That's what led to the healing of the relationship. He went as far as to say in this episode later that he never worked on the relationship itself. Nikki never worked on the relationship itself. They worked on themselves and as a byproduct, the relationship became stronger and stronger. I think you guys are really going to like this one. I think it's very unique, even with 140-something episodes already, or just about, already in the books. So without further ado, let us get to the rest of this interview. Um, and you know what? It's actually a really appropriate transitional time because I was kind of hoping that this would come up, and I- I'm glad that you brought this up. When Michael had came or come on the radio show that I used to do. It was only a 30-minute segment at the time. It wasn't a full hour yet. People loved what you said, and most of what you said had to do with the relationship that you have with your wife, Nikki. Mm -hmm. And even what you just brought up, if no one else heard anything else, they'd be like, whoa, like that's not like sleeping with another woman or sleeping with another man, right? That's not something people talk about or overcoming the affairs. So I think this is just such a cool time to transition and maybe – Uh, offer people some guidance with how healing the relationships in their lives can lead to better physical health. Because I know that's something that you help people with too, right? That's part of the work. Okay, cool. Let's dive into that. Um, The first of all, I think we got to unpack one thing. How the heck did you even expose um, these affairs to Nikki in a way that she didn't just walk right out the damn door? Because most people, we're just saying most, most people would do something like that. And you guys have one of the most solid, obviously authentic relationships I've ever seen. And I mean that um, I can think of two other people, Vince and Carly, my friends, Vince and Carly have a very similar thing. You guys are up there, something like I aspire to. So how the heck did you even present something like that? Well, uh, so the, what happened was, is I almost married another woman. Okay. I almost married another girl from Brazil three days before I was about to, she was going to come here and then we were going to get married in the United States. So she could stay with me. So my wife and I actually got divorced and then we got back together. Okay. I was to- the man that I mentioned, the the Taita from Colombia that I was working with. He goes, I drank ayahuasca with him one night, and he goes, and, I, and he goes, you need to bring your wife here tomorrow night. And this is when the relationship with him and I began, and I trusted him more than anyone in my life. And I said, dude, mm-hmm. I'm about to marry another woman. Like, you want me to bring my my wife who hasn't signed divorce papers here yet? And he's like, yes, do you trust me? And I go, yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea what was going to happen. But she came. I called her up randomly, and I go, you're not going to believe this, but you might need to come drink ayahuasca with me tonight. And she, it, <laughs> This is our first time drinking it. She thought I was nuts for doing it. Um, she's like, okay. So she came, and the and that experience that night showed me that she's the woman I'm supposed to be with. And then... The medicine showed me that in order for you to be with her, you have to lay it all. You got to tell her every ounce of every lie in your entire life since you've been together. And then what happened? The experience ended. We came to in the morning. 
and I she laid down next to me and I just started telling her everything. And she just was taking it. And then as I was telling her, I started to get profusely sick. I broke out in a fever. I was started I sweat through like four sleeping bags. I was shaking. I was shivering. There was snot coming out of my nose. I was like filthily ill. As I was speaking the lies, the sickness was coming out of my body. And the medicine showed me the correlation between untruth and sickness in our body. And I and there are so I understood the connection through my own experience. But as I told her, I continued to tell her I would get details too. Like this wasn't just like this is freaking details here. There were so much lies in my life from the time we were together at 20 years old to like 26 years old um, that it took me almost a year to get it all out because we forget shit. And then it's like you have to as soon as I would remember it. So it took a year for me to get it all out. And then that night I was so sick I could barely stand up. I, I was like dying. And the guy that the Taita, he just put his hand on my forehead. I was burning up by the fever and he goes, She goes, You're healing. And I was like, Yeah, I am. And then I drank the medicine again that night and it, it allowed me to rest. She went through her process of being able to take in all that and still accept me. And she woke up in the morning and she said, I'm still gonna like if you want to do this, we'll give it a shot. And then, wow. um, <laughs> but not one time did we ever work on our relationship. We only worked on ourselves. And, and the relationship turned into a separate entity in our life that blossomed like a flower. But the watering of the relationship is the relationship you have with yourself and your creator inside of you. So when, when men have an affair... I work with a lot of guys on bringing this into their wife. There's no easy way around it. The effing truth is the only way for you to have a solid, clear life. If you have something like that that you're keeping inside of you, you that is going to keep you in a low vibration. It might turn out as sickness. It might turn out as a symptom. The Western world would say is this, but the root cause of some problems are insecurity, Poor self-esteem, um, you know, childhood stuff, lies that you've been keeping, something you won't admit to yourself or admit to somebody close to you, and that is sickness. So that stuff is was very prevalent in my life, and the, the whole next year, that is when I just started to get better. Like, the more stuff I just got off my chest, and then years later, you know, then you're... The perpetual inertia that you create catches up to you. And then you're just like, one day you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm present. I'm clean. I'm clear. I don't have to hide anything anymore. I'm myself. Finally. And then you then you just start putting yourself back together. <laughs> you know? Dang. So when, when relationships need help, the, a, really, a really strong place to start is if they've been together a long time, and something's not working out, there is something that needs to be said. I call it an impossible conversation. So when you learn to have these impossible conversations with the closest realities in your life, which is your wife or your husband or your kids, and then right outside of that bubble is whoever you spend the most time with. 
Mm-hmm. You break down those walls, become transparent. You're going to be like singing. You're like, you're going to be like a dandelion in the sun. Dude, that is, um, we have a lot of crazy health stuff and not that that's not indirectly a health story. That's just one of the most interesting and cool, inspiring stories that I've heard. I think there are so many people that carry around major secrets like that and it kills them and it's killing the other person in a sense. And that's that's the hardest part. It's hurting the other person just as much, even though it's (laughs) your thing you're hiding. They, they're not even aware of it, but it's, it's hurting them. And wait, so just to be clear, this, the unsigned divorce papers, the whole divorce itself was going down before she knew any of this. Oh, you it was already done. Yeah, we were, we were, oh my goodness. We were split up for like a couple months, you know, okay. um, because when I became aware of myself a little bit, I was like, there's no way she's going to want to be with me. I'm just going to ask her for divorce. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, okay. and then I realized, oh wait, I'm supposed to stay with her. Not only am I supposed to stay with her, I got to tell her all this stuff. <laughs> so, it, uh, the next couple years, life granted us space to be able to do that. And I learned it doesn't have to be so intense for everybody. That's what you have to understand. The reason it was so intense for me is because there was so much there, and people need to realize how strong we really are as human beings. And so just because you may have effed up in your life one time and you've been carrying it around for five years and you're afraid that that other person might leave you or say that they're done with you, don't think about them in that low. Like they can handle it because it's just a choice to stay together. It's not wrong. It's not bad. Take away all the religion, all this stuff about just because you're married, you need to stay together forever. Just because this happens, you need to leave them like all this boxy way of thinking. This is your life. And some people are damaged in different ways. So their, their, their darts to you are going to be different than darts from another person. And hmm. darts hurt no matter what they are, but it's a choice. And then when you, when you choose to stay together, that, then there comes a time in your life where you're like, okay, if they aren't working on themselves to heal these darts, I have enough self-value in myself that I will dip out. Because once once I became clear with her, if if I would have if, if one more thing would have happened, like she she stood up and 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 became very strong within herself, she would have left. Like there was no more messing around. She she became transparent with herself too on all her inner stuff. And when that happens, yeah, you know, when a woman is self realized and she's spiritual on fire, she does not need you, and you better get your shit together. So. <laughs> Because she'll leave you at a drop of a hat because she doesn't want to deal with that shit. Because it's all about her relationship with her life. And that's when your life get, can, can really get set on fire. So, wow. Okay. So, I think it the whole thing's just amazing to me because Nikki is an incredibly strong woman, right? It's not like someone, like you just said, it's not like someone's going to hang around. But the fact that she was even wise enough to give that grace as well and give that space to Great, say, hey, man. okay, Michael is trying to. I love what you said about the darts, man. I'm uh, this is so tough for me and I it's not like I have to deal with it but I I know I have this and where it's happened Michael is this idea that I would I would never ever at this time in my life stay with someone who cheated on me yeah you told me I wouldn't yeah yeah I wouldn't do that and so that's why I give I find your guys story so fascinating because it obviously has worked like your relationship's fantastic yeah so I wouldn't do that but then at the same time I realized that a huge part 
of my entire mental health story and the entire stuff that I do in schools, because most of the people that listen here, they know that I, I do some stuff in schools outside of this. I speak about how poorly I treated an important person in my life, a relationship I had in high school. Yeah. I treated them that way because I had, like you just worded, my specific darts. Okay. Yeah. And guess what? My parents were married in high school. Oh, so I'm not sorry. <laughs> they were not married in high school. They met in high school. Yeah, yeah. They got married shortly after. They told me growing up, they never forced anything, but they told me growing up, hey, you, you know, your dad or your mom, that's the only person I've ever been with, just so you know. That's a possibility. So guess what? Out of all the messed up stuff that I did, that to me wasn't something that I do. No matter what my darts were, I don't hurt other people in that way, I guess, because I learned this positive thing from my parents. They right. stay together no matter what, and it's worked out beautifully for them as well. And it's been so humbling to try to accept the fact that what I did is no better or worse than someone who does something like that or someone who sleeps with 50 different people before the age of 20 because that's how they're trying to fill their voids. Mm -hmm. I have my respective ways that I did that. I'm not – how crazy do I need to be to think that all the messed up stuff that I've done is somehow better than someone else's messed up stuff because that's their outlet? It's just It was a really humbling experience to have my eyes open in that way. And the first conversation that we had, quite frankly, man, was one of those things that really got me thinking. So I appreciate that. Very much because you were a tangible example in front of me that I'm like, this worked for them. I need to expand the way I'm thinking about this stuff because it's not serving me at all. That's for sure. I mean, that's just it's really good to have that awareness because when we learn from other people, we can really accelerate, mm -hmm. you know, instead of, you know, just learn from other people. We, we really can. Mm -hmm. So. I think at this point, it's kind of clear how this might lead directly to healing, especially with this very dramatic thing that you had happen to you. You're actually having physical sickness as you're expressing these lies, which, although I'm a novice I've never in this, been so sick in my life. Okay. Like, from my I end, was sick. And that's saying something, actually. With you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was already sick. Like, I was like, <laughs> I didn't know if I, I didn't know what was happening to me. I, I, okay. I, had, I had blankets on because I was so cold, like four blankets. I'll never forget it. I literally sweat through them. You could have wrung them out. <laughs> How does this lead to – because I think you meant that quite literally. And if I remember from our first conversation, this is a literal thing where you literally don't hide anything from Nikki. And Nikki does not hide anything from you to nope. the point of you actually meant it when you said, hey, if I have a dream or a thought of something of like sleeping with someone else. Yeah, like, I had to go through that. that. Yeah, because – yeah, how do we get there? Because I, I understand the transparency thing and keeping it going, but a, a thought of doing that, in my opinion, is not necessarily an implication of an action or a plan at all. So how does it lead to that, and what's the importance of that for people? <clears throat> I say that because they're, they're really – it's a beautiful thing to have in your relationship that you cannot talk like – there's, like there's no reason um, that you don't have anything in your life that you can't talk about. And, you know, how many times I'm around guys and they're like, oh, yeah, I can never tell my wife that, you know, a simple fact of it, it's a lot of times it's always like with a with a maybe some sort of conversation they had with a woman or like something like that. A lot of times it's pressing on those buttons. But how many times guys will go out and do things and they don't want their wife to know or they have money that they're spending that they don't want their wife to know hmm. Or they, there's just stuff there they don't that isn't in the relationship. I'm not saying I 
just because I have a, a, a dream like that, I have to go out and tell her in the morning, like I got to okay. report to duty. I'm saying if my, <laughs> if my heart feels like I need to say it, then it's being said. There's no filter there. But I'm not saying I have all this shit going on in my head. I had years of damage I had to process. I'm not waking up every morning going through all that. But once in a while, some deep stuff comes up. And I talk to her about it because it's healing for me to talk about. But it also clears those cords. There's there's energetic cords between people. Mm-hmm. And when you have these conversations, those cords are cleared. And wow. so when I have a feeling like I need to talk about something, I talk about it. Whether Whether it's easy or hard, there's no boundary. I just have it. We just talk. Hey folks, it is Detective Ev here popping in really quick. If you are listening to this interview thinking, hey, you know what? I'd like to go do work like this. I wish I could help people with their health challenges. As you can see, it kind of changes the entire course of their life. Well, now we have the ability for you to actually try the FDN course completely for free. There's two things that I want to share with you today. Either one, you can go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN. That's fdntraining.com slash try FDN. And that'll allow you to actually try the first few um, lessons in the course completely for free free. Or if you've been listening for a while and you know this is something you want to do, but you have to get some questions answered, go to fdntraining.com slash call. That's fdntraining.com slash call. So if you want to try the course for free, use that first option. And if you're ready to kind of get some more questions answered, use that second one. All right. Now we're back to the episode with Michael Vasquez. I appreciate the specification there because, you know, I wouldn't have worded it like that, but I guess in a sense, what I was taking from what you said is almost, as you said, like reporting to duty real quick. Like I I had all these kind of crazy things going on. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That seems like a little much. What you're saying is if something is bothering you that there's like maybe even a guilt around like, wow, I don't want to feel that. Or I want to work on that. You know, and Nikki knows that you guys can go to each other and there is nothing off limits. Like you guys have each other's back and we can share that. That's We talk about ourselves in our life. When we go for a walk in the park, when we drive in the car, we're not talking about politics or family or, or stuff. Most of the time, we, we love talking about business. We love talking about our dogs. We, but we have these deep conversations about our own personal lives too. And we, that's cool. We a lot of times we admit, like we realize we have self-realization moments. And the first thing that we want to do is we tell the other person, like, yo, I realize why I fucking did this stupid thing a year ago or <laughs> last week or whatever. And and it, it can be a little unnerving on how raw it can be. It's not unnerving to us, but it creates transparency, which is free flowing energy. You know, it's just too smooth sailing on a river. I have plenty to learn in this area and accept and integrate, but it's like kind of funny. I think I'm at a position where, you know how they say what you don't, what, um, what you don't know. You don't know. Oh my gosh. I'm saying this wrong. What you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, and that's like a real dangerous thing, right? You don't even know that you don't know it. Yeah. Then there's stuff that you know that you don't know. I kind of feel like I'm in this with this stuff. I I know that I'm unaware of it. I know that there's still validity to it. And I see little bits starting to creep up in my life where, uh, you know, I have a rule uh, for my relationships now because I was terrible with this when I was younger. I will not yell for any reason. That does not mean I don't get angry. That does not mean I'm repressing feelings. That's That's very silly. I will not be yelled at. I will not yell at you. There is no reason to ever do that no, at yeah, all. Yeah, it's good. Um, now, if you cheat on me, I'll kill you both. No, I'm kidding. That's just a joke. 
<laughs> it's a joke just to lighten it up a bit. But no, seriously though, I won't do that, and I expect that not to be done for uh, to me and you know my current girlfriend and myself, Maddie. Uh, you know, we honor that. That's a thing that we do, and we have little things that come up, but they're really not major at all. But I love what you said about that self awareness because there is this ability and forgiveness for each other when I'm like, hey, you know, I'm sorry I said that. That was like really stupid. That was actually purely like ego. And I, I didn't mean it like that at all. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, thanks for sharing that and being involved. That's exactly that. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, I, I think taking that to that next level though, um, with certain like serious things like you're talking about with, with certain thoughts, I think that's tough for a lot of people. And I kind of wonder where it comes from because I guess in the back of our heads, maybe we don't want to accept some of this stuff. Like, I would have to, I don't want to admit it, I guess. I would have to have assumed that even though I believe my girlfriend's extremely loyal, that we're still 26, our biology is through the roof, right? Our biological drives are through the roof. And I would assume she has had to have thought about someone outside of myself. So what do you think people avoid those thoughts for? Is it what I just said? Because I know that that would hurt me. And then where is that coming from? An insecurity in myself, even though I know any rational human would probably have that experience? Sure. I mean, in, in, <laughs> I'm kind we, of actually feeding myself. You're, this, you're feeding yourself right now. <laughs> now man that's that's the beauty of of talking through this stuff but we're we're brought up we are programmed since day one about sex about relationships about communication about interactions with human beings that is from a separation from a state of lack from a state of fear when you enter into relationships in in just being a human being and you enter into it from a state of abundance and love and, and grace and gratitude, there's no fear in that relationship of being yourself because we're human beings and we have these, these things that go on in our psyche sometimes and to help the mind clear themselves, communication is a fast track of clearing energy. So it's not that you have to have these conversations, but with someone that you're spending your life with, like it's, it, you can use that relationship as a tool to get better, to ascend, to have a better life. And you mirror, you use the other person as a mirror. If there's something that's annoying you in the other person, hundred percent, it is within you. Hundred percent. If, if something they're doing is annoying you, it is you. It's a, it's a hilarious game to play. You know, but when it comes to the insecurities about the person leaving or whatever, you know, always remember who you would be without anybody. You, you, we always need to remember that piece of ourselves. You know, we always need to like, we can lean on them, but we always need to remember who we are without the relationship because the relationship, it can, it can keep you afloat for a while. But after a while, you have to rely back on yourself. And so many people, they get lost in the relationship. And then any insecurity that comes up, their whole world would shatter because their whole world's a relationship. Yeah. Instead of just the whole world is my life and I'm in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a different paradigm that you can work yourself into. But in order to get there, having these conversations is kind of important. Absolutely. And I like how you just worded that because 
I think that's what the tease is for me because I'm, I'm certainly out of the first paradigm that I know for sure. I've never, I never really been in that in a sense where like the relationship was my life, maybe in those late teenage years. But outside of that, I took, I think we had discussed this before. I took a very independent approach single for like five, six years. Um, and yes, believe it or not, people that was by choice. And so good you know, I had this time, it's good. Yeah, I had this time to really just focus on myself, work on myself. I didn't, I'm not sleeping with people at that time. That was just Evan Trance time to really yeah. figure out who I am and what I want to do with my life. And it served me quite well. So it's like, I don't have, I, I certainly don't have the same thing of where like I need a relationship or I, I need to be involved with thing or it's my whole world. But yet those insecurities still kind of linger. And I just kind of find it funny. All I can do is like laugh with myself sometimes. Because I'll even see certain things that I'm doing, just like the competitiveness with other dudes or, or whatever. I'm like, I, I get that this is in me. It's primal. It's in my evolution or am I in my biology? Of because course, of it's primal. Yeah. I th- I just never know where to draw the line with that, you know, because a lot of the insecurities come from these drives. I'm like, dude, it is 2022, man. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to compete with every single one of the 2 billion, 3 billion men out there. Like, this is so stupid. It's not even funny. Like, at what point do you integrate more of the spirituality in your life that you know is there and that you believe is there and see past some of that stuff? Because it's not even inherently bad. It's just, it's bad when it's causing insecurities and just needless competition. I I think at least, I don't know. But, but the primal nature, especially of, of, of a man is in like those primal instincts are, are part of like the body's programming for here on earth. And as we rise in our rise in the different levels of thinking, we then can like instead of the primal instinct happening without us thinking, right? You know, it's like the then we then they become a choice, then they become like an observation, and then we tap into them whenever we whenever we want to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like okay. a need or we don't feel insecure because we didn't fulfill that primal instinct. Because we rose above it, and it's like we're looking at everything from the 23rd floor instead of the 4th floor. We have a much greater perspective of ourselves. So when that happens, the insecurities really do start to fade away. Because the more you see yourself as an infinite, infinite limitless being, you know, from that space, there's nothing to be insecure about. You know? Yeah. You are who you are. And the comparison factor, once again... This we are born into competitive separation and and always analyzing ourselves instead of just being and living, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, those primal instincts start to not have a hold on us so much, and it's a really good practice to become aware of what is what thought and what desire is coming from what part of you. You know, it's like yeah. a constant observation of yourself. I'm really glad our our paths crossed, man. I feel like um, you're someone uh, genuinely that I look up to and that I see. It's kind of like that thing. Like I know I'm on the same path. We literally ran into each other many times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, you have more experience with this. And so I can kind of see, I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is where this goes, right? This is what I can think about next. Um, and I know it's working. It's just, it's, you know, it's messy when you're in the, the middle of it. And thankfully it's not as messy as it was before. That's, I don't want to be dramatic, but it's things like this just happened. I actually haven't even told anyone this yet uh, outside of like my immediate friends and family. They know I, I bought this car like three, four weeks ago. I've been doing the best I ever had this past year. Okay. So I buy this car and it's not even, it's not even the price. It's just the type of car that it was. It's flashy. It's whatever I get in this thing. It's cool as hell. I love it. I get in the next day. I'm sitting to myself. 
I'm like, you are a jackass. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you don't even want this. It's like causing me stress. It's like it, it already popped a tire on the pothole and stuff. I went and exchanged it. Fred Beans, thankfully, the local car dealership, they got a 30-day exchange thing. I exchanged it. And you know what's funny? The what car that it? I exchanged you it might, for, Can you tell us? Oh, dude, it was like a convertible BMW. This thing is like ridiculous. <laughs> Flying down 611 nice. with this. I'm like, what are you doing, man? And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that car. No. I'm not condemning anyone who has that. It was wrong for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like starting to look at people when they're like looking at me as I'm getting out of it. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you don't do this stuff. Not anymore. <laughs> I hadn't done something like that in years. So I hated it. I hated it. I'm like, Good I need to you. work on that first before I can have something like that. Because, yes, I'm all about light. You know I want my uh, top drop down. I had this thing drop down in like 40-degree weather. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like, I would have the windshield on in the back and like the heat on. So I was doing it for one of the right reasons. But I couldn't get out of my head with that. So I said, cool, I need to work on this first. And I swapped it for a car that – it's so funny. It's still the same price. So from that perspective, there's nothing that's changed. But it's not flashy. It's very practical. It's it's exactly what I need for what I'm supposed to be doing. And the second that I got that a few days ago, I'm just I was so thankful that they had this exchange policy because it calmed that down. But that's the process I'm going through. I still have this awareness around these primal things. I'm like, what like did you actually buy this for any of the right reasons? And I think the answer is yes, about twenty percent. 80% of that was this false sense of like, I deserve this, which I deny, if, in my opinion, if I can't pay for it fully, I don't actually technically deserve it. Um, there's so many things. I'm, just like, I'm like, you're trying to show off. You're trying to get validation from this in, in mm. some way. So where are we missing this? Because I, I think I'm doing pretty good. So where am I missing this that I, I needed something like that? So I digress. But yeah, I just thought that was cool. I'm, I'm working on a lot of these primal things. That's a the good move, man. And, yeah. and one, able to, one day you're going to be able to have that car without that feeling because that is just that is just like the truth of it is, is you can drive that car just fine. Like, yep. I, I would love if I when I have the cash flow one day, I want a brand new freaking coral blue, brand new w- whatever year it is Corvette. You know, <laughs> yeah, nice. Like and yeah, but it's I would love to have a car like that and just like one of your buddies just. You know, or somebody you meet is just like, yo, nice car. Here, you want to take it for a drive? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this is like, enjoy it. Well, you don't even know me. I don't care, man. Just just bring it back in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, no, and that's and that's the point. There is a real enjoy. Okay. Without anyone looking, without anyone else being around, there is something so much fun about being able to press the gas pedal and the thing goes like, you know, accelerates like crazy. The top's down. There is a fun to that. And that can't be denied. But I, I was for whatever reason, using it for more than that. Totally. And I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So the good news is I can recognize that. Yes. Now. The bad news is there's still consequences to that. The exchange, dude, I lost like $4,700 ah, basically bummer. because like they'll exchange it, but there's still the taxes and crap like that. And I'm like, and I popped the tire. Yeah, but you so, learned a lot about that. I can tell. Oh, yeah, that, no, ex- that was a nice $4,700 lesson. I can that was tell a good your, slap in the, the experience was really good for you. Yeah, no, that'll that'll work just because fine. if you would have so, kept uh, <laughs> that car in that mindset, you would have kept creating decisions, and you would have created your life in something you spend so much time. It would you made an amazing, really good decision that most people wouldn't have made. Thanks, man. Be yeah, proud I'm of happy with it. Yeah, and I love stuff like that, right? Because it's just it's a transitional time for me. I think the uh, pandemic slowed down a lot of that 
purely go, go, go side of me, which was, listen, you know this all too well. We do things at certain times because they served us at one point. I didn't realize that was no longer serving me. I didn't need to be in that fight or flight mode all the time anymore. I'm not the kid who got kicked out of school and had a terrible reputation with no money. I'm doing better now. People trust me. I got wonderful relationships. You don't have to keep going 90 hours a week to prove yourself. Good. You know, you got to do something else. And so I think the car was an example of that old stuff trying to just pull back at me. And it's like, no, 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 we're, we're not going, we're not doing that. Nice. Uh, but this is all healing stuff, guys. Just so people get what we're getting at here. Everything we're talking about, if you're blocking these thoughts and yes. these feelings, if you don't think that's going to play a role in your physical health, especially the people that listen to this who already have chronic disease, you're out of your mind. Yep. This is absolutely a part of your healing just as much as the FDN program and getting the lab tests. We can figure out what's wrong with your biology. And if you want to do that for others, our program's fantastic. But, but there's a bunch of thought processes and trauma and stuff that doesn't always show up on the labs. And that's why we need this kind of all integrated. The in. root causes. Uh, don't show yeah. up. The energetic, the emotional root cause don't show up on lab tests. Right. So we need to mix it all together. Why not? Now, um, Michael, I want to talk about what you actually do. And because I, I think anyone that listens to this, the full thing, <clears throat> it is obvious that you know what you're talking about and you, you figured out quite a few different things and you got a lot of knowledge. So what do you do for people? Like if I'm listening, I'm like, damn, this guy's cool. What, what can you offer me? If you ask me what I am. I'm a personal evolution facilitator, and I I help the evolution that wants to happen within a human being happen. And the the three specific areas that we work on together, coach and client, is health, behavior, and relationships. And together, we form a framework in your life that you can stand upon that's going to help you create a, a, a health that you've never found before. You're going to have behavior that is going to drive a new inertia in your life and to create sound relationships. And when I say relationships, I mean it with yourself, with, with, the, with your dog, with like life, with the earth. Then if you got a wife... The closest realities in your life are the ones that we start with because they're the most important. They're the ones that are the most energy that going into you and taken from you. You got to be in a a symbiotic relationship with the people around you. So those things are what we work on. And we work on deep levels of detoxification of the mind, body, and spirit. Cool. So if I come to you, I have... um you know, various health issues, whatever, maybe similar stuff to what you know I've already had in my life, mental yeah. health stuff, whatever. Yep. But where's that process going to start? I'm not asking you to give away your secret sauce here. I just know people that want to know. I start like, everybody hey, the with the same. Like? Uh, it, uh, depending on your lifestyle, but pretty much there's two or three things I start you off on. It's a very light. We're going to look at you, look at the parasites in your body. We're going to look at your past history to see what type of heavy metals and toxicity is in your lymph. We're going to get the lymph starting to move. It's going to turn the brain on. Then we're going to start having deeper conversations on a special type of coaching I do that helps your consciousness expand. It's called deep coaching. We blend up here along with the physical together. We meet in the middle and uh, expand your life and healing. And and we go from there. And we dig into your life and we work at it. And we get to know each other a lot. I get very personal with my clients, which is really cool. You know, That's beautiful. I mean, it's a truly holistic process which is really cool yep um and what i love i mean i said this a million times to you already in the last couple of years but i i can't stress it enough 
I just love people who have so obviously done the work. I think they're the most qualified to help other people. And I mean, I know even from Hippocrates, you had, there's multiple things. I get that. But one of the things was life coaching, right? And um, I have a great friend. It's not a, certainly no trash talk on him um, because he knows how I feel about this. But he had posted one time online, he big influencer actually. He talked about like, you know, you, you can't be a life coach in your 20s, 30s, or 40s. And to me, I get what he's saying. But then the question that I automatically threw back is, okay, so what age is it? And you can't answer that question, right? <laughs> it's like, well, what is it? 60? I don't think he really understands what life coaching is. Exactly. And I mean, to me, um, regardless of even whether or not I understand the definition, I completely disagreed with that. I want to know that the person that I'm working with has actually overcome challenges in their life, ideally challenges that are pretty similar to mine. And so there are certain people, man, that, yeah, I, I hear them label themselves as that. And admittedly, it's not my thing. And I know that you're not labeling yourself as that even necessarily. But like, I would put you there, man. I mean, you should be doing life coaching and other things for people like you are qualified to do that. Um, you're like my friend Casey. My friend Casey is one of the only other people that I'm like, dude, yeah, like that is who you want to talk to. That's who you want to go to for this type of stuff. So I just congratulate you for what you've been able to do. I mean, goddamn, dude, you're 34. Like what, what are you going to be doing at 44, 54, 64? It's kind of hard to think about even. Well, I'm starting a podcast, so hopefully I'll be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what is that called? Because by the time this is out, maybe that'll already be launched. So that brings me to my next question anyway. Where can people find you? There's two names in my podcast that I'm thinking about doing. One is just going to be the Michael Vasquez show, which seems to be a little bit more direct and authentic. And then the other one, the other name I'm toying with is going to be Spiral Awakening. Spiral Awakening. I don't know which one yet. You can find me. My Instagram is and my TikTok are both Michael.Vasquez. There are my handles and MichaelVasquez.com. Okay, cool. Is there anything that you think that we missed today that we absolutely need to touch on before my final question here? Taking care of yourself is taking care of the world. Well, you might have already answered my last question then, but I'll throw it at you anyway. Because my last question, signature question on the Health Detective Podcast is this. If I could give Michael, in this case, a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health or not do one thing, what's that one thing? Is it similar to what you just said? A little bit. But when you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you think about that you should, quote unquote, should be doing, that's what you want to be doing. You want to turn that should into a want and that want, that thing is the first step for you in transforming your life. You don't need a coach. You don't need some super guru to help you find that. Everybody knows when I ask that question that you have something in your life. You turn the should into a want, the want creates desire, you fulfill it, and you get better. Okay, that'll do it for this two-part interview with Michael Vasquez. And wow, not only amazing topics, but a really unique answer towards uh, for my signature question at the end. I don't think anyone's ever answered that in a similar way. It's kind of a good lesson, isn't it? We should go out and do those things that we know we should be doing. I don't think about that so consciously, but I have found a great peace in my life occurs when that happens. I don't know if this is unique to me. I mean, I'm guessing it's not considering Michael recommended this, but have you guys ever had those things where you, it's kind of bugging you. You're in a daily battle with it and you are basically hesitating, I guess, to make the decision to either fully commit or to do that thing at all or to start that thing, whatever it might be. And then you finally do it. You break that habit. You start that habit, whatever it might be. 
and all of a sudden it feels really good. I have plenty to work on in that area, but sometimes maybe that's a good reminder because I know that that mental piece is right on the other side of that, not to mention all the positive things that are probably going to come into my life from doing that thing. I think that's a really interesting tip to have on the Health Detective podcast. I don't think we would normally necessarily associate that directly with health, but clearly it could be depending on what that should do is. So with that said, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Michael, for coming on and just being really transparent and just throwing everything on the table. I think that is a very valuable thing for people, not only just for the physical health, but probably just for our own mental health as well. If you guys like the information that we're sharing, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. If you were to do that, we would love you even more than we already do. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, and take care until then.